Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast on a sad week because we're going down, aren't we, Ange? No. Hello, everybody. Um, we're going to rename this podcast Ian Mellor's Miserable Sunday Afternoon. I have every right this week to be de- depressed, Ange. Every right. I, I think you do. I think uh, everybody that bothered to attend that match, everybody who's a Stoke supporter, would be very, very disappointed in that defeat. And and it wasn't wasn't the manner of the defeat. It was just that yet again we're in a situation where a team has today it was three shots, um, and they score three goals. And it seems to be whoever we play, uh, sometimes they don't even have to have a shot that they win because we we score for them. But uh, it's getting a bit worrying now. Well, it is, but of course, as we didn't cover the Hartlepool game, I want to get, I want us to sign OG up. This OG is a, is it two two goals for Stoke? Let's get him in. Yeah, he'll be player of the month for next month. I think he will because you know he's scored more than all our strikers put together in one game. But anyway, right. So we go into the game. We played Sheffield United. Now nobody expected win this. I'll be brutally honest. Um, I was really hoping for a draw, but that was just hope. And, you know, we lost 3-1. So we go in, now possession. Weirdly, we had more. We had 55% possession to their 41. We had nine shots, they had eight. They had three on target, we had five on target. We had six corners, they had two. And fouls, we won again with 13 and their seven. So Things are bad when you're counting fouls as a victory. Well, we've got to get something, Andrew. At this way, at this moment in time, it's it's honestly like pulling teeth, which we're going to discuss later when we talk about the state of the club. The first goal was scored pretty early on, in the ninth minute, scored by not Badu and I, another and I. What did you think of that goal? God, I'm trying to. I've replayed it in my mind. I've seen it on replays many times. I thought it was a very poor goal to concede. I don't know if Bonham suddenly became unsighted, but it looked like he's he dived over the ball as well. Uh, it was poor, and only surpassed by the second goal, which was more poor, and then by the third goal, which was the poorest of the lot. Uh, what did you think? Bonham is at the moment. I mean, his shot save ratio at the moment is pretty woeful, and he should be. He should have. He, he didn't even need really to dive. Really, it was. It was. It was poor. It was soft. It wasn't even an odd hit. Really, was it? And no. it just rolled under him. It, you know, he's a goalkeeper. Why are you diving late where the ball goes under you like that? It's... It, it, to me, the goalkeeping situation, which I know we're coming on to, is very strange. Bursic's gone, we know that. We now don't have a, well, I wouldn't say a plausible and realistic second-choice keeper because Fielding might be that. You wanted him to play all the way through, but I don't think there's anything in the pipeline for a goalkeeper and you just know that Bonham will get injured in the next match and we'll we'll then just have the one keeper or we'll be able to get a, an emergency loan in. Oh, you, you're depressing me even more, Ange. But anyway, let's go in with just a bit of a lifeline. For me, a good take with Nick Powell. When you say a bit of a lifeline, do you mean the fact that he had a cross that went in the net? That's that's what I'm saying, Ange, yeah. It was, it was a lot of luck to it, wasn't there, really? Yeah, listen, uh, although... You know, Jacob Brown did run across and he possibly helped for the ball to go in, but it, by diverting your keeper's attention. But 
look, we're just simply not good enough. And in the second half, for all the huffing and puffing, and we were the best team for the second half, whether that was partly to do with the fact that Sheffield switched off because it was so easy, which clubs can do when they're winning comfortably, or partly because we did improve, even though we had the one chance, which again, Jacob Brown headed into the keeper's arms from a really good cross from Campbell, we didn't test the keeper. And you can have the ball all day and pass it, pass it sideways and backwards. You're not going to win. You're going to get three points if you don't score, or or at least a share of the points. And yet again, we we're not threatening. I mean, we we've got a powder puff team, haven't we? We just don't threaten. No, the, the, at the moment with our Stoke team, we've got nothing in the midfield. I think we've got a couple of good strikers, but we're not getting any service to not decent services. I mean, let's put it this way: when was the last time? We created a clear-cut chance. Well, I think it was probably the header that Jacob Brown didn't didn't score with. That was a clear-cut chance, as far as I'm concerned. But you are right; we we aren't very good. And and even with Liam Delap, we weren't exactly um, burning up the forward line. But we don't. I can't remember the last game when we were really aggressive and constantly bombarding the opposition in their penalty area or making them defend so deep because we were constantly attacking and shooting, having shots on goal. Can you? The last the last time I remember that was when Matt, when Michael O'Neill first came in. And, and to be honest, that's the best football I've seen in the Championship, full stop really. Other than that, we've been very disappointed in Lafarge. We, 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 we really struggle in every area. It's not just one or two. This is why I'm genuinely worried, Andrew, about relegation. Because I'm looking at it and we're soft everywhere. We've got no creativity in midfield. We've got no wingers or wing-backs. The ones we've bought in are either injured or out of position. We'll go on to it in a bit later with, with Wilmot. But before we wrap up, we have to talk about the, the third goal, the Bogle one. What was going on there? <laughs> I mean, well, come on. Listen, um, Alex... Neil's discussion with me afterwards where he mentioned we were unlucky where it bounced up in the air. You make your own luck in football. And sometimes it's easy to say, well, it bounced up and went straight to their players. They walked it in the net. There were two people waiting as he crossed it to walk it in the net. And honestly, I just... I've got used to it now. And it's really sad because we're all fans. We all want the better... But we just, our expectations are so low now that you expect it to happen, Ian. If, if there's a comical way that Stoke can concede in this current malaise that we're going through, we will find a way to comically concede. And that's just the way it is. I, I do worry about if there's enough leaders and characters in the team, but um, it was a, a very, very soft goal. I don't think you thought about it. I'll be brutally honest, saying soft, I thought it was pathetic. I mean, I've I've seen some poor defending him at time. I mean, I was a young lad when I remember it, because let's be honest, for nine years we've been quite lucky with Tony Pulis, who knew a defender and knew how set teams up to defend. So we've been quite lucky defensive-wise for a long time. But I haven't seen comical defending like that since the Chris Kamara days. Since, was it, what, was his, what was the man before that? Was it Kevan? What was his name, the... The manager before Kamara, who basically took us down. Fingers assistant. Can't think of his name. I don't know who you're meaning about. Who 
he, he took over after Blue Macari. Chick Bates, that was it. Some of the football then was horrific. I mean, it's just carried on. But before we get too more depressed, we'll go on with player 18s. Everybody's excited because I, I just don't know why we're excited at the moment. It really is downbeat, and I am devastated about yesterday because of how poor they were. That Bogle goal. It's got to go down as one of the worst I've seen at Stoke. How can you play where there's two free men who can just literally walk it in the back of the net? We make it we make it look easy, don't we? It's it's so bad. Right, let's go in with goalkeeper of the year for me, Jack Bonham. Uh, I don't think that Jack Bonham is a first-choice goalkeeper. I don't think he's a second-choice keeper, but he is what we've got at the moment. Um, I feel very sorry for him. Uh, because he must know in his heart of hearts he isn't uh, ready for it, and he's getting a three for me. Jack Bonham, I don't know how many more times I can I can talk about him. Really, he is nowhere. Near, to be honest, he'd struggle to get in a conference team. That's the level I think he's at from what I've seen. I mean, the, the calamity for the first goal was enough for me. He doesn't demand his box either, does he, Andrew? There was a couple no, of times yesterday no. where you're thinking, steward your defenders, tell them where there's yeah. issues, just give them something to work with. Nothing. You know, for me, I've never seen a bad array of goalkeepers at this time. Well, we've all... I mean, to a certain extent, they have been spoiled because we've had really, really, really good goalkeepers over years. But um, let's be honest... These, this one isn't going to get into um, into that group. So we we need a keeper. We all know we need a keeper. It's whether we're going to get one in before the end of the season. Otherwise, then uh, Jack's going to still be in goal. Well, unfortunate, sorry, thing that we're hearing. So we're going to talk about the, the other players we've been linked with. But for me, Jack Bottom gets a one for that. Before, well, a two. I'll give. I'll go up. You can get a two. I thought he was shocking. Right now we move into Morgan Fox. There isn't a great deal good marks coming out of my little mark sheet this week. Uh, Morgan Fox a four. A three from me. I thought he was poor. You know, he's gone straight back to his previous form. And I, we we could say we look a bit more balanced, but we didn't yesterday. We we we, we look so poor at the back, and it, it's because these players aren't good enough. And there's there's no two ways of putting it. We've gone literally to the which, you know we. We've gone to the stage of scraping the barrel and picking the bits off the scraper. That's how far we've gone with some of these players. They are not good enough. Who are these people saying on paper we've got a good team, Ange? I wouldn't. I wouldn't agree with on paper we have a good team, but I would agree with um, we have a better team than than it is performing at the moment. See, I don't. I don't, I don't agree with you, Ange. The performances are showing that. Right, we'll move into a man who's, let's be honest, what a way to end his career, Phil Jagielka. Phil Jagielka, I didn't think he played very well yesterday, but while we're talking about Phil Jagielka, I will come in and say, I found it really odd. I know he said he wanted experience at, at the back, but I found it very, very odd that we played five at the back and Wilmot was playing a wing back, which I don't believe he is. And I don't think he played great at it. You look at the other rest of the team. So you've got Suter slightly out of position. And you've got Wilmot definitely out of position. To accommodate Phil Jagielka in the middle of the back five. And I don't really think at this stage we should be doing that. I don't know what you feel about that. But I just thought it was 
fraught with problems. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's 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 not very good management, is it? Let's be honest. When we've got we're up against one of the quickest, best free scoring teams in the championship, let's put a forty year old against his former club in that position. It was it was just bad. I mean, it, it was just having said that, Wilmot was out of position for uh, two, at least two of the goals, and possibly wouldn't have been if he'd have been played in his rightful position. But it's just awful, just awful. There's no, no redeeming features from yesterday. No, there was nothing. There, there was nothing I could take from that yesterday. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I think the way we played was poor, the way we set up. But we're going too far now because we'll talk about this on the overall rating. Jaggy Elkid, probably a two from me, and Three. Right, you're jumping up there. You, you're trying to outdo me. Right, let's move into Harry Suti. I didn't think Harry covered himself in glory. He was lucky at the very end that he didn't get uh, his marching orders I mean he had to make the foul he was taking one for the team I think had he been in any other point of the game or perhaps when they were 2-1 up he'd have got sent off he is going to get a 5 from me I'll go on for 4 I thought he, he yeah you would, I agree he was here on the pitch after what he did but we've had a bit of luck that this year so far I mean last Suti for me he's looking like a player that doesn't want to be here Ange. I wouldn't say that actually I don't agree with that I, I just think Harry Suter is, how can I put it, when somebody's been away, been out of the game for 12 months and has come back and played in a World Cup and been on a high, like anybody else, when you come back in, you, you go on adrenaline for the first couple of matches, first three matches, he might just be not as up to speed as we hoped and is finding his way back. Uh, um, that's all I'm bothered about, that he... He isn't injured and that he'll continue playing playing well for Stoke. But that, there's something not quite right with him, whether he's got a small injury or whether he's just a bit worried. There's something not quite right. But I thought he was one of our better performers yesterday, but that doesn't mean he was any good. Well, exactly, yeah. It doesn't, I don't, if there was no, honestly, there was no shining light at all from the game. Right, so now we're moving to Ben Wilmot. Again, the position that he's been played in probably five or six times and not once has impressed me there. Yeah. Do you actually feel that it's right to criticise people when they're playing out of position as he was? But taking all that in, into account, I honestly thought he was poor three. I'll go over two for Will Martin. You can give him a little bit of justification for you know, being in the wrong position, but you still have to put a performance in hand. You still have to do your defensive duties. You still have to do what you can. And he, he was completely out of the game. Fair enough, because Sheffield United have got, have got quality in those areas. But he shouldn't be playing there. There's no, no other, other ways for it. He shouldn't be playing in that position. And again, it's another change in formation. So yeah. there's not much else we can say. Now we move into a player that, for me... Please get rid of it at the end of the season. I know it's not going to happen, but I don't see what he brings to the team, and that's Josh Tymon. Now, you see, I, I'm going to really annoy you now, because I'm going to say Josh Tymon was our best player yesterday, because at least he tried to attack, at least he tried to dribble. We haven't got very many successful dribblers in terms of football, in terms of dribble. We've got plenty of dribblers, um, but I thought he was our best option going forward and possibly in defence yesterday so he is my man of the match with six no you can just have a go at me for that now absolute garbage 
Unbelievable. I wish you'd say what you mean, Ian. That's the problem with you. You, you just, I swear you just go, right, I'll pick him for Man of the Match. Why? Well, honestly, I did think he was the best best attacking outlet. And I thought he, he ran. And, and if, you're, if, you're looking at, <laughs> if you're looking at positives, he ran. Well, I'd pick another player because he ran. <laughs> and that's probably as far as it goes. But to be honest, he'll get a, he'll get a four from me. I, I sort of agree, you know, at least he was trying this time because, let's be honest, the last game we marked, I can't remember him touching the ball. So he's probably listened to the pod and gone, right, Ian is right. I am standing around my mouth open too much. I'll have to, I'll have to get stuck in. But it, we're really clutching at straws to put him as man of the match just because he ran. Yes, but are you, are you putting him as man of the match? Have you accepted that I'm correct? No, he's not man of the match. I'm not having it. Okay. No chance no. in a million years. Right, now for me, worst player on the pitch, Jordan Thompson. I didn't think Jordan had a great game. He's getting a four. He's getting a two from me, Jordan Thompson. I thought he was overran too easy. Stupid little fouls here and there. I thought he was... Again, I'll be brutally honest, he was out of position. And we're going to talk about the formation uh, after and with Alex Neal's rating because some of the decisions in this starting lineup were absolutely shambolic, and we'll go into that. And Thompson was was a part of that out of position, and I don't I don't understand why he was playing on the right side of midfield when he's left footed and not very good with his right. Okay. Now we're moving to Bakey. Right. Thought he was a little bit better. I thought he was a little bit better because he was further forward. But again, if you can't get a corner or a free kick over the first man, you're lucky to get a four, and that's what he's getting off me, a four. He's getting a three again from me. I, I, I want him dropped, and Now we've got Laurent back. I want, I want him dropped. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't understand what he's bringing to the team anymore. I, I genuinely don't. I, I thought he had a bit more energy yesterday, and he was trying to get in the positions, but... He's not doing what he what he was doing last season, where he was breaking in between. He, he found space and broke shots away and got space. He's not doing that this season. Now I don't know if that's because Michael O'Neill's gone and Alex Neal's come in, but he's not a very good footballer, Bakey. That's the thing I'll say about it. He he's brilliant when he can run in and he's got a bit of space and he can have a shot. He's good at that, but he, he's not a very good midfielder. He's not a good passer. He's not a good creative passer as well. He doesn't move well enough. He doesn't find space. He's not a very good midfielder, Ange. Yeah, okay. I don't think he's having his finest there at the moment. No, he is not. Right, now we move into the most oddest decision I think I've seen. Josh Laurent as a cam. I don't think he played well at all. He doesn't look He doesn't look live. We're, as I said before, we're, we're playing a group... We've got a group of loanies, freebies... And players that probably aren't what we wanted. Uh, you've got your best player, Harry Suter, playing out of position to fit in a 40-year-old, as I said. And Josh Laurent didn't do much for me because, well, we, we resorted in the second half setting long balls upfield and we hadn't even got a target man for that. So I don't think you can cr- criticise him that much. But he was poor for... Two for Laurent, not a cam. He's definitely not a cam. But the thing is, we know what... This just shows you that the manager doesn't know his best team. We've got a midfielder there that's known for his more... 
base, a base runner, a defensive midfielder that can break forward into a box-to-box, which is Laurent. And he's good at that. That's what made his name, was being good at picking the ball up deep and running it up the pitch. He's not a holding midfielder, not at this level anyway. But as a central midfielder, where, i.e. Baker was playing, he'd be a decent midfielder for me. But you yeah, don't... but hang on a minute, Ian. Of the three goals we, we conceded, two were very, very poor. He was probably right in the middle of the problem, Laurent, for both of those. And I think the other thing that people are forgetting is that when you look at our midfield last last summer, when we were getting rid of people, Alan, we always knew was going to go. I didn't rate Sawyers, but I think he's better than in, in certain matches than the players we've got. We've never replaced an ageing Vrancic. Never replaced him. You know, our, our midfielders aren't, aren't great, but they aren't being used to the strengths, so I'll give them that. And I don't think they've got the ability that somebody like Vrancic had. Yeah, OK, Vrancic's legs weren't great for the whole season, but he was better than what we've got now, and our midfield's been downgraded. Oh, our midfield, is, 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 there's nothing there, Ange. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here in sugarcoaty. I was thinking this the other day, that... Our midfield is that bad now. It's making Romain Sawyer's look like a star we could really do with. That's how poor we are at the moment. Our mid- I mean, we'll talk about it later about the about the transfers and what's going on and stuff. But at the moment, let's just let's just fly through this before I get more, even more depressed and our listeners get more depressed. So Laurent, what are you giving him? Three. I'll give him a two. I'll, I'll drop it. Right, now we're moving to my man of the match with a five, Nick Powell. Oh, give over. He scored a goal, Ange. He scored a goal with a cross. OK, irrelevant, you'll say. Apart from that, he hardly made a pass to a Stoke player. Uh, look, I know he's not been fit. I know he hasn't been training much. But now again, you've got him injured again. And your most creative player at the club is playing, what, less than 10 games in a season? That tells you everything to, you need to know about what we are at the moment. We're bang average at best. I th- bang average. I, th- I think you're building him up, Ange. Saying bang average, I think <laughs> I think that's a build-up. I'm not kidding as well. I, to say we're bang average, I think, I think it's an insult to average. Nick yeah, Powell gets man of the right. match for me because he scored a goal. I, ca- I can't give anything else more. There was, there was nothing, nothing for me to go... Well, that was an improvement. He scored a goal. And I, to be honest, if it wasn't for that goal, no, I was going to say I would have been positive, but I knew we were going to lose. Anyway, let's go on to the last player, Brown. I didn't think Jacob Brown played very well. He did his running again. He had that chance that he headed at the keeper uh, and the keeper saved it, unfortunately. And he had the one when he ran across where Powell's cross went in. Four. Free from me. I, I did like his movements. At least he, the good thing I'll say about Jacob Brown, at least he's having good chances. That's that's the only thing I can get. I can give him that he's getting in the right. Because when Gale was playing, apart from offside goals, I can't remember him really doing anything that like what Brown did yesterday. At least he got in the area for them. We know he's not a lethal finisher. We know he's not a natural finisher. But to be honest, he's the best we've got, Ange. We've got we've yeah. if if we put all our strikers together, we'd make a good striker. The problem is that they're in four players, which is a big yeah, issue. And you're not allowed an octopus, are you? No, and that's that's the, the big way. issue. Right, so the substitutions that happened on the seventy eighth minute, Wilmot 
went off a clock. I thought clock came on and ran about a bit. Four. Well, I'll just do the normal five. On... Rush being ambitious there. Yeah, I know. And on the 78th minute, for me, a terrible decision. He brought Powell off for Campbell. I think Powell was injured. Again? Um, I'm, I'm not sure that Tyrese could have done much in the time he was on. Five. Five. I'll go over five as well. The reason the reason he's getting that five is because he did do that one very swift move near the corner flag where he got the ball across to, to Brown. Well, and he, that was inventive. He's just getting a five. Okay. <laughs> For me, it's that bad. Right, and then it was Thompson for the returning Gale. Four. Yeah, just a five. That, that's that's all I can do. And the substitutes that weren't used it were Kilkenny, who all of a sudden's back in the t- around the team, Fossu and Taylor and Fielding. For me, should be playing. Right. Yeah. So we we've depressed you all, and I can only apologise. But this is reality of Stoke at the moment. I can't be positive when we were absolutely garbage. Well, I tell you what, Ian. I don't care on Saturday when we play Reading if we play all the, the worst parts of what people thought about Tony Pulis's Stoke, right? I don't care because we need to keep a clean sheet. We have to stop doing everything stupid, which is the, the reason we're in this mess. We do stupid things. I don't care if we nick a goal off a set piece. I don't care what we do to keep the clean sheet and win. If we win one none. I'll be happy. I don't care if we have 11 men behind the ball for most of the match. We need to get a win next Saturday. Yeah, I agree. I do agree. But we'll talk about that when we go into our predictions, which, you know, to be honest, you might as well just put lose. I might win that way. But I'm not going to. Right, so we'll go into the overall performance rating, Andrew. What did you think of this performance? Or why do you feel the Stoke fans are so angry about this? Three. Um, three for the overall performance. Why Why do I think they fed up? The well, best part of 2,700 Stoke fans there yesterday who sang and sang and sang uh, whether the songs were sarcastic or what. They wanted, they really tried to lift that team, right? Really tried to lift the team as much as they could. And I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not knocking the fans because they pay the money, etc. Um, they expect to see better than they saw yesterday. You can have all the ball in, in the world if you're not doing anything with it. It's a waste of time. As I've said, I refer back to next Saturday. If we only have one shot and it goes in, and they have 100 shots and none of them go in, job done. Somehow we have to win the match. He's asked. It's a sign of he's now realising that we've got a big problem, if he didn't before. He wants the fans to be behind the team all the way through next week now so do I and we've been in worse situations than this where the club have the fans have have gelled and, and helped the club you only have to look at some of the matches we played when we were struggling in the Premier League but what people have to realise is we're in six years later and we've had six years of dross right and it's going to be very very hard for fans if Stoke go behind against Reading not to start booing and shouting I'd love to think that every Stoke fan got behind the team next week, and if we were rubbish and we lost, they waited to boot till the end. But it won't happen. You and I know that it won't happen. 
No, they've had enough, Ange. They've had enough. I, I'm one of them. I, I've had enough. I've had enough of this now. It, we... Right, okay, you've had enough, but what do you think booing does in terms of impro- improving the team? You it know, does nothing. And I know, I've, been, I've booed in the past. I've been really fed up in the past. But don't help the young lads that are playing. I don't believe anybody goes on that pitch wanting to lose. No, I agree with that. I, I feel I feel for this group of players. I do. It's not that I think that the rubbish and I'm, I'm slagging them off every week. I, I I feel for them because they're not good enough. They're not good enough to wear that shirt. They are not. They sorry. They have not got the quality. The truth of it is that we know the position we're in, and but I feel I feel that a lot of Stoke fans don't understand what position we're in. I said this at the start of the season when the players were coming in. I thought, oh dear. And I said it to you, didn't I, Ange? What did I say at the start of the season? It's going to be a oh long, dear. tough season. You said, oh dear. Yeah, I said, oh dear, because I looked at the players that were coming in and I thought, oh my God. Because we were bringing in players that had no experience, i.e. Kilkenny, Smallbone, Delap. They were, they were players that were coming in. Early. But Ian, if you think those weren't very good, I tell you, wait until you see the players that come in in this loan window, if they're just loans, because it's a loan window at the wrong time for us. You don't get a, lo- a load of great players in this window. Um, and I just think your expectations for people going forward in this window are, are delusional. Because because the the problem is with with Ange, it's it's living on hope, and that's where I feel because I've read a lot, I've I've done a lot of reading on on the on the the page, the web pages and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. People are hoping that they, they and the hope's killing them, and it's been killing them for six years. And I could hear I could hear songs coming out yesterday about the family. Now. That's the first time I've heard that since Gary Rowett. And then not long after that, Gary Rowett was sacked. Now, we're going to go into Alex Neal's rating, but we're going to have to have a deep delve into this manager at this moment in time because we're getting worse. And it, we, when we talk about managerial bounces and people who know what they're doing, and we're, we're talking about transfers, which we'll quickly go into after. I'm listening made... to you, but I am sort of... If, if this was video podcast... There would be a wry smile on my face right now because whilst your answer will be I didn't want him, I wanted John Terry, right? I will just say that Michael O'Neill did a really good job at Stoke City Football Club getting rid of most of the people, most of the high earners that the club didn't want. For whatever reasons, rightly or wrongly, the owners or John Coates decided that the time of the year was perfectly correct for him to swap the manager, the manager who was playing mostly square pegs in round holes but getting most of the time a result out of them, however horrible it was to watch. Now we've got a manager that's putting square pegs in round holes and not getting the results. I believe that the mistake that was made was to wait, was to not wait until this transfer window to get rid of Michael O'Neill if it was necessary to do so. And to just bring in a different manager 
to use the same players because he has no, he couldn't move, change those players because there was no transfer window, was flawed at best. And the problem we have is however much the owners want this club to succeed and throw money at it, there doesn't seem to have been any lessons learnt in terms of how you use footballing brains to run a football club. And every manager that comes into the football club, the owners let them do whatever they want. And for the last four or five managers, every manager that's come in has said, I want my own players. The difference this time is that in the summer, Alex Neal will be able to get in his own players. And until that point happens, he will just be trying to get us to limp over the line to get to summer. So don't expect, Ian any great value in this transfer window coming in i'm not expecting any any value but i'm, I'm what i'm expecting and i never was expecting I, I i for me i just want two or three loans that'll improve us just to get us over the line so we don't right, go down name the two or three loan players that you think will come in and improve us well i don't know Ange. how long's a piece of string i, I don't know we, we, I don't know who's available. I don't know who we could get from maybe the Premier League that isn't playing or somebody from the Championship that isn't quite in the in a team at Watford or maybe a Norwich. Right, anybody from the Premier League that comes to Stoke will want way more wages than we can pay or the club won't want them so they'll pay the vast majority of the wages to get them out. They won't be in a team. They'll be unfit, right? They'll be unfit, so we will have to get them fit for somebody else again. It's it's a tried-tested method that we have used that has failed abysmally. Do you think Michael O'Neill would not have got in better loan players in the summer if he could have? Do you think Michael O'Neill deliberately unbalanced the team in the summer? I would suggest he couldn't get the players in on loan he wanted then. We've got even less chance of getting players we want in on loan now in this, what is already known as a very difficult window. I mean, we've got no new manager bounce with any of the managers. That's not fair. We had a little bit of a bounce with Michael O'Neill, otherwise we would have gone down. I think it was bigger right? than a bounce. The I think only way we're bouncing at the moment is looking down the table. And I firmly believe that there are enough worse teams that we will stay up. And that is a dreadful, dreadful thing for a Stoke fan to say about a football club who have peed money up the wall, the owners continue to give money, and it has been used appallingly. And as far as I'm concerned, this all started when Gary Rowett spent £58 million in one transfer window, and we've been playing catch-up ever since. I can't wait for the summer to come, because then at least we've got a chance to start again. But the problem is, Hans, where we keep saying that, the problem for me the problem is when John Coates took over, because when he, t- he took a team that was ninth in the Premier League and now it's a team that literally we're hoping teams are worse than is to stay in the division. That, for me, is the biggest alarm bells I've ever seen. You know, that's the biggest decline I've ever seen. Now, and this isn't even... I'm not talking 10, 15 years. I'm talking six years, seven years to take a team from ninth in the Premier League to a team that, let's be honest, we're, we're, our hope is that Rotherham don't keep playing the way they did yesterday. We're hoping that Huddersfield don't turn round, when, let's be honest, it might do. I hope not, but you never know. I can't name another team that's worse than Stoke. 
I know you, you think you can, but I can't name a worse team. People keep saying Wigan. Wigan have got the odd results in them, though. So the, the problem is, for me, I can't see another worse team. We're hoping that we can scrape enough points to beat Wigan to stay out that relegation place. And then who, do we, who are we trusting with this money next year? Alex Neal. You know, when we talk about managers who have bounces, I mean, who's the guy who was going to hit West Brom? Yes, yeah, I know you mean. Anyway, go on, yeah. Him and Michael Carrick. Look at Middlesbrough since Michael Carrick's gone in. They'll go up after this year. You're just confirming what I said. We don't have any decent manager bounce. Why? Because two reasons. The the main reason is because the, the players that we have at this football club on any given time don't either suit the manager or he doesn't want them and instantly, if you're at work, Ian, and so you don't like your boss, or your boss doesn't like you, it doesn't it doesn't help form a good, relate, positive relationship. Now, it's all very well blaming the manager, blaming the coach family, blaming the trainers. There are twenty players who are paid well at Stoke City who should go across the white line and play their guts out for the football club. The problem, I believe, is, okay, you all want to play well. You're all competitive. If you get to that level of any professional sport, you're good. Irrespective of what we say about how bad players are, they are good. They can do what 99% of the fans can't do, right? They can do far better with a football than you and I can, however good or bad we think they are. The problem is, in my opinion that some of these lone players who, okay, they want to do well, they don't really care because at the end of the season, they will go back to their parent club or, or if they don't work out, after six months in the transfer window. And that's the problem we've got at Stoke. If we get into the bottom three, do you honestly believe that there is enough heart and leaders in that team to get us out of the bottom three? Because I seriously wonder at this moment in time. No, no, there isn't. They're not good enough, Ange. I, I can't blame. I can't blame the players, Ange. And the reason I can't you blame. You can't blame the players. I can't blame. They're the only people that can get us out of the mess that we are in. They can, but they're not good enough. If you work okay, it, if that's you. That's not their fault, though, Ian. That's they what I'm on about. They are not good enough. I'll be honest. There's a few of them players in that team that wouldn't get in the Vale team. I'm not. Oh, I'm not yeah. joking. How many times have you been to the Vale? Well, not never. But the, the so thing is, on facts, not on, not on what you want no, to say to but, fans. But, but I'm. Uh, that's my opinion of what I'm seeing of them. These players yeah. would struggle. Some of them players, and you can't deny it, would struggle at League One level. They aren't good enough. We've got, our best players are injury prone. Nick Powell. We know he's a good player. We know he's he, he's good at this level. But the problem is, we, we're playing him 12 games a season. We can't rely on him. But the replacement we've brought in is Will Smallbone. What has he done? He's played, what, 19 games, Auntie, or something now for Stoke. He's scored yeah. one goal. And he's got, what, two assists, if that. He's not good enough. It's all well and good that we could sit here and blame the players. And I agree that... They do need to work harder for me. There's a few there that, like, for example, maybe Tyrese Campbell or or Suter or Jack... Well, not so much Jack L, because he's the opposite end, isn't he? He's too old. But there's a lot of players there, like Bonham. 
who did the scouting work on Bonham? Because I spoke to some, I spoke to a Gillingham fan about him, and they said the only reason he played was because they couldn't bring anyone else in, and they went because they were going down. So they knew they were going to get rid of him at the end of the season, and Stoke decided that's a good signing. It's it's ridiculous. And then, but the, the for me, Ange, the most big mistake was made at the start of the season when players like Verancic and Joe Allen were let go, and Adam Jock Davis was let go. And then he, he was the other goalkeeper. I just can't. I think, no, he was just Davis, wasn't he? We let we let all these good players go. So even Sawyers, but that's how. But and I didn't rate Sawyers. You didn't rate Sawyers as well, did you, Ange? But the thing is, when I look at last season, we have downgraded that far now that they look like players we're desperate for again. That's how far we've fallen with the transfer business this season. This season has been diabolical to every level. And the reason of this, and, and for me, the biggest problem with Stoke is we don't have a plan. We don't have a five-year plan. We don't even have a two-year plan. What we do is, and, and I've seen this now since we've dropped, we're trying to fix every problem in the team in one window. Instead of sitting back and going, right, how much money have we got? Let's sort that back line out. And I can't see where things are going to change because this, this set of players that we've got just aren't good enough. And it, for me, it is... Alex Neal has got to just get us over the line. He's just, got, he's just got to keep us up. If he can keep us up, then next season, if we can spend money... This is the question that people have been putting to me in, the, in so many comments that I've heard about... Is Ange, do you think we can do you, do you trust them with the money next season? Do I trust who with the money next season? Well, whoever's in charge of this, because the, the, the problem is for me is that I think Michael O'Neill was sold down the Swanee with the transfer business that was done at the start of this season. I don't understand why they limped along with him for a bit and then decided to sack him at a very strange time instead of just doing it at the start of the season and bringing a new man in. It seems like, for me, the club was waiting for Alex Neal to become available. Again, I don't think that this is... Uh, well, I mean, it's out in the public domain, is that we've... John Coates has wanted Alex Neal to be the manager of this football club for a few years. He wanted him to be manager before Nathan Jones. He wanted him to be manager after Nathan Jones. If you believe all that's reported, then he uh, Alex Neal did agree to come and then at the last minute, for whatever reason, backed out. And when Michael O'Neill took the job, I think Alex Neal possibly turned it down before that. So if you know that, you know that John Coates rates him. And for whatever reason, John Coates will give him as long as he possibly can. And now that he's brought in his own recruitment person with him, then I can't see anything other than he will be here for the foreseeable future. And we have to trust them, because if we don't trust them, then you've got you've got no fans and you've got no hope of, of supporting the club. So uh, I, I, I think you have to trust them. You have to trust them with the money, particularly when it's not your money. If I was the owners, I'm not so sure that I'd be watching money disappear down the drain like they've done for many years and write it off. You can turn around and say we need new owners, but nobody is going to do what they've done for this football club. Uh, whether it's, they've done it right or not, Nobody is going to do what they've done. Like, um, I've, I've said on a few occasions that I like them as owners. I do like them as owners. But I don't like them as chairman. That That's my big issue. Now, I'd love the coach family stay on. 
But I think they need to step back and bring people who are in who know what they're doing, who have full range of what's going on at that club so they can make the changes that are required. I do not like this system where we have a scouting network that give the manager a list of four players or five players or whatever it is. He then picks off that list and then we go and sign them. I do not like it. Modern clubs don't run like that. The manager shouldn't be the main cusp of a squad. He never should be. Managers nowadays, you look at every top club that's there. Look at Brighton. Look at Brentford. Because they're the models that I look at because of how brilliantly they work in the market. Their managers have no say whatsoever in the players that come in. That goes down to the director of football, the technical director and the scouting system. Which goes back to what I said at the start. I find it really weird that Stoke continue to persist with uh, the attitude of, OK, we want the manager to have everything we can give him, so we let him bring in his own staff. That's all right up to a point when they tried and tested staff. But I, I, I'm not so sure whether Ricky Martin is good or not, only time will tell. But I would have preferred him not to know Alex Neal or just to have worked with him before. Uh, it, because the way it's put over at the moment is Alex Neal has been asked who he wants in and he picks who he wants in. Now, I don't know of many clubs that allow a manager to bring in the technical director who he is going to be working with. Normally, it's the opposite way around. Not saying it won't work, but I'm saying it's not a format that other clubs use. So, from that respect, I, I feel similar to yourself. I, I think that uh, at some point, Stoke have got to go to, uh, down a different route, a different model. Well, it's, we know it's got to happen, Angie. It's got to happen because, I, I agree with you, I've never known a club bring a technical director in off the say of the manager. I've never known that before. I mean, it, there's too much power given to the manager for me. And the problem is... When and get, they do, what they do is Ian, because they think they want to help the manager all they can. Forget the manager, for me. They come and go. We know that too well, don't we, that they come and go. You've got to build a model. You've, you've got to have a plan. Because the reason we're falling apart is because we're, we're, we're basically a throwaway club. It's like, we'll give a manager a go, right, get rid of that, bring someone else in. But the amount of money we lose, I'll tell you now where most of our money's gone over the last five years, sacking management managers and their management teams. That's where probably most Absolutely. of our money's gone. Absolutely. Because we better get off this subject, haven't we? Because we're going to run out of, uh, we're going over the past and... We have, to, we have to talk about next week, what you're expecting against Reading, and then we've got to talk about the men's and the women's, the, the younger parts of the team, and, and a quick recap of the women's. So I think we're both, both united and agree in so much that things have got to change, but how quickly are they going to change, Ian? Well, that's the hope. We, we've got to hope it's quick. We've got to hope that they do change next season, because let's be honest, they're already starting to sing against the family. Let's hope that... They start well, listening. when you look at Everton, we haven't reached the stage of the Everton fans yesterday, have we? I don't think that's far away, Ange, to be honest. No. I'll, I'll be brutally no. honest. But we'll have a quick mention of Rory Delap. He's been at the club for four years. And he was sacked. Can we use that word? Was he sacked this week? And... Well, relieved of his duties, sacked. Whatever way you want to say it, he's gone. Uh, some people think it's the right decision. Some people think it's the wrong decision. I think that you all, when Alex Neal came in, he said he wanted to keep people that knew this club inside out and that were, you know, were died in the wall Stokies. Uh, that doesn't seem to have happened. We'll never know the reason why Rory's gone. 
to me, he'll always be a legend at Stoke City, not just for his long throw, but because he was a flipping good football player for Stoke City. I'm sad he's gone. I understand why changes happen. I think it was a bit of an odd situation. And then, of course, Liam goes a couple of days later. People will always put two and two together. They may be right, they may be wrong, but it wasn't working for Liam. Rory had been here for four years and, and the club had gone backwards in that four years. So I, I, I see pluses and minuses in, in both ways. I don't know what you think. Because Alex Neal obviously wants his own backroom staff and I agree with that. That's one bit where I say, yes, the manager has who he wants in behind the scenes because that's his, that's his demeanour. He, he needs his own coaches and if he doesn't think Rory fits that bill then you let him go, don't you? It's, it's one of them things. But I found it very shocking at the pace Liam Delap moved to Preston. Yeah, yeah, that, that obviously people... Look, we don't know. We don't know what happened, but it's obvious that everybody's going to think that they were the two were related. Uh, and there were, were difficult decisions that had to be made. It hadn't worked for Liam Delap at the club. We could only speculate as whether they were linked. But I wish him both all the best, because... Liam grew up a Stoke fan, he wanted Ryan's shirt and Rory, I've already said, he was a legend and will always be a legend at the club and I'd have him back tomorrow. Yeah, I would as well. I think he did a well, good, decent job when he was interim as well. Right, Joe Bersick's gone and this has gone down not very well. Not very well with you, you Ian. This hasn't gone down very well everywhere, Ange. This is pretty bad. Well, it's quite clear he wasn't going to play playing he, he did he, for whatever reason Joe's lost his confidence we know he had a, a terrible year family wise I think he will be an outstanding keeper I think he needed to go away from Stoke to rebuild his confidence it's probably good that he's gone to somewhere like Belgium where he won't be in the spotlight as much um, I would have preferred him to have gone on loan but do I think he would have signed another contract at Stoke not at all I don't think he would so in terms of finances they've probably done the best they can and they've got they've got some money for him, which a lot of people didn't think they would have got. I think one day he'll be a great keeper, and it will come back to bite us, as lots of our sales do. But I wish him all the best again. He did his best for the club, and um, I hope he goes from strength to strength. Well, I I second that, but I'm not happy. I think he's going to be a very good goalkeeper in the future. I think all he need all he needed was a loan for me. I think all yeah, he needed was a loan. You're probably right. You're probably right. But there again, Ian. You wanted the previous manager out, and I'm not saying it was just you. Loads of people did. But that previous manager, for all his faults, he gave young players a chance at Stoke, and he encouraged them. He encouraged the like of um, DiMaggio Wright-Phillips, who's dif- disappeared off the face of the earth now, Connor Taylor, and Joe Bursic. And, and now we seem to be not encouraging those young players anymore, and we're going a completely different model again. Our academy seems to be producing now, at last. Yet we're, we're going for tried and tested 40-year-olds. Tired and tired players, more like. <laughs> um, so would you have told Bursic or just loaned him? I would, I, I would have loaned him, personally, okay. to be honest. I don't okay. understand why he got down to having one year left on his contract in the first place, to be honest. That should well, have been sorted in the summit. Who is? Uh, well, he can go. I don't, monkey's on him, he's crap. But Bursic could be good. That's the thing which yeah. annoyed me. The thing is with Bersic, I think there's a good goalkeeper there. He, ju- he just wasn't confident. And with that f- defence in front of him, I'm not surprised. The thing is, I think, if he got a loan spell off to League One, or even Belgium, I think he would have done him some good. He needed a run in a team. 
which he was never going to get at Stoke because he, I think it's just too high of a level for him at that time. Yeah, yeah. A loan spell would have done him some good. A year on loan in League One or League Two, like we've done, but we've learnt this so many times, Hans. This is the thing I don't understand. That we learnt this with Suter, we've learnt that with Connor Taylor. The loan spells has developed them to the players that have yeah. become good for us. The only one who's come through and been brilliant from weird go was Nathan Collins, which is why he's had big money moves. But he needed a loan. And I'm angry because we've sold him for 1.2 million, ain't it? Yeah, it's, with add-ons apparently, could be even less than that if it doesn't work out. That's what I mean. So for me, it's not It's not good at all for me. It's, we're going the wrong way again. Right, no okay. news on players coming in. It's all gone quite on Aidan Flint. Remember him, everybody. Remember what I said at the start of the season? It'd be hopeless. Who was right again? Right, so now we move into the women. What's happened this weekend? Uh, nothing. Uh, both the matches, uh, the reserves were supposed to play Starbridge, and the first team were supposed to play uh, City of Stoke in the Cup today, and they both got called off because of waterlogged pitches. So the women haven't played, but of course we can uh, give some good news about our young men. Um, our young men beat Manchester United, didn't they, if you remember that? Yes, uh, they did. Week. And one of the best things about that was at the end, Manchester United didn't seem to take too well to the to the way they lost. And I don't think there's anything better than our lads doing really, really well against a very established team. Look, we may not get to be winners of the trophy, but we certainly have a chance of going a bit further. And I have to say that it's not, there's nothing better than beating Man United at anything, is there, if you're a Stoke fan? They, they are to us a club that is, you know, really, really good. And I'm delighted that, that our lads beat them one none in the FA Youth Cup. I thought it was really, really good. It must have been a proud night for everybody. And Tommy Simkin did some really, really good saves. So there's another player that you can look at that might come through. Very, very good. Very good results it was. It was brilliant. Very nice to see. And is this how old is Simkin? Do you reckon he's old enough going now? No, no, no chance, no. None of these lads are ready to go in now. It's a completely different game of football. But you, it, it, we're on the up and, um, in, in the academy world and in the young's world and in the younger players' world. So let's just see how many of our stunt lads come through as well as how many of the Man United lads come through. So that was good. We have to do a prediction now, don't we, for next Saturday versus Thomas Ince 11. Right, one non-stoke. Yeah. A nail-biting one non with our top scorer, Og. Coming good. I think you're a little bit mad. I well, <laughs> I say I say a little bit. You're quite a lot mad, really. I mean, how you think we're going to get a clean sheet is absolutely madness. I think we'll lose two 0 Okay. Well, but, I don't really want to talk to you anymore, Ian, because I, you know, a Stoke fan, you should be sticking with us through thick and thin. Well, I do stick through with thick and thin. I have to go and watch it, Ange. So that's yeah, enough for me. Why. Well, that's well, what I mean. We have to go watch it. Finally, finally, finally. We are, you know, we're getting to the stage where we've got half price season tickets are sold now. We're, we're through the half of the season. But Stoke have done an offer. I'm sure they do an offer for the cup tie against Stevenage, by the way, when we'll talk about next week. But I'm sure they're going to do something for kids. And, and bear in mind that you can't charge less than £10 for a normal price ticket in the FA Cup. Uh, and I'm sure Stevenage will want some money out of that. But if you look at the next home game against Hull... You, season ticket holders can buy an additional adult ticket for 10 quid and a concession ticket for a fiver. So if anybody is thinking of wanting to become depressed, 
and uh, watch Stoke City like we do, then these are good offers to to take them up on. You you can't fault the club for trying to do that, can you? No, I think it's a good it's a good decision getting the fans to cheap. It's a big indictment for me of where the club is that they're having to do that. But it is a good offer, and if anybody wants to go down and watch us get tanked every week, go get get yourself down. You know, the the cup match, obviously, we're going to have to give a bit to that to Stevenage. I think we need it more, really, because I think they've probably spent more than us this season. But on a positive spin, we're in a relegation battle, people, and we need people down there supporting the team. That's why I've been going more recently. It's been killing me. Honestly, sometimes I'm sick of watching other teams play football. But we need to stay up. Everybody needs to get involved. And I know... We'll stay up, Ian. We'll stay up with much despair. I really do think we'll stay up. I love your positivity, um, Ange, but you said this when we went down from the Premier League. You were going, we're going to stay up, don't worry, and we went down. At the end uh, of the well, day... I've got to get one right. And, and the last thing we need to say is our, our young team are playing against Notts Forest in the Premier League 2 today at St George's Park. And currently they're losing 2-1. But when you look at the players in that starting eleven, you've got Tommy Simkin, who I mentioned, a young lad. You've got Macari. Lewis Macari came on at Hartlepool made his debut, Adabambo's playing, Lewis Baker's playing, Okabu, everybody thinks has got a great future, Reading, Kershaw, Tesla, we all know what Tesla can do, McCarran and Wright Phillips, so hopefully there's some decent players going to come through from that. Has McCarran um, come back from Vale then? Well, uh, it would appear that he's playing more matches for us than uh, you would expect for somebody on loan, but nobody's really gone through about that, so you can just assume that he's uh, back, I think. There was talk about him coming back because he wasn't getting enough matches there, but Kilkenny was on the bench for us yesterday, and I think he'll be off. I think Foster will be off of the loans too. That's one last thing we should quickly cover, actually. Loans. Who do you think will stay? Who do you think will go back? I think, obviously, Smallbone will stay. I think Clark will stay. There's that many I forget about him. Uh, Kilkenny, I think they're already doing a deal, get him gone, aren't they? Is it Hibernian interested? I, I don't know, but I think Foster will go too. Uh, yeah, he doesn't rate Fosu. He's going to get yeah, as many he as he's gone. He was very good, wasn't he? When you're, you're hero, you reckon he'll go? Brilliant. That that for me is as, like a promotion if Aidan Flint goes. Utter garbage. But anyway, we're depressing again, Andrew. We're going downhill. The loans, what do you reckon? Who do you reckon is going to stay and go? I think Fosu will go. I think Kilkenny will go. And that's it for the loans. And then maybe loan two in. If we can get to him, one's got to be a keeper, hasn't it? Well, we yeah, goalkeeper is the most important thing because the ones we've got are not very good, I'll say. No. Well, that's it. We've done another one here. That's another, another one done. Happy Sunday. Well, have a happy Sunday and a happy week, everybody. I know we've been depressed. Mainly, mainly Ange this time. She was bringing the tone down. And you brought me down, Ange, on this horrible <laughs> Sunday after watching that tripe. But anyway, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Hopefully with a bit of positivity. Hopefully Ange's right and we'll win 1-0. Thanks, everybody. Up the potters.